and welcome back to Backing Paper. This is episode 49. We're nearly at the magic number 50. How exciting. And of course, with me, as always, the ever-wonderful Rachel. Rachel, how are you, my dear? Hello. I'm lovely. I'm lovely. <laughs> yeah, I'm listen, fine, that's a given. <laughs> oh, my goodness. What an idiot. Um, uh, but, yeah, no, I'm fine. Thank you. Um, I uh, had, uh, I've had a busy but in a lovely way sort of weekend um i had chance to actually pop into the charity shops which is one of my favorite things to do and and just have a little uh rummage around there were no cameras unfortunately you know i do obviously always keep my eyes open um but there were some some lovely books so uh, i was very pleased to be able to pick up a couple that i've been looking for for ages that was nice um and this week I did actually manage to go and shoot a role for our assignment. Ah, um, but obviously I won't go into that at the moment. But just to say that I have actually pressed a shutter on a camera with some film in it. I hope. <laughs> um, so, uh, but yeah, that's that's all I know about it at the moment. So that's as far as I've got. How about you? Uh, I'm all good, thank you. Um, yeah, I think I've. I've... I done anything interesting or exciting this week? I don't think I have. I think it's been a fairly uh, quiet week. Um, I've been in the dark room again um, oh, because that is awesome. Oh yes, that's right. I saw the photos you sent over some uh, prints, some of your prints. Yeah, yes, I took a picture, um, which is always a good thing to do. Is to be whilst <laughs> your prints are in the trays, still finishing off. Going, I'll just get the camera out and take a picture. It'll be fine. Um, it was in the fix by that point, so I, I you know, that's yeah. perfectly safe. Um, yeah, it's just my camera club. I think it's this week, but I might be completely wrong. I might have got the subject completely wrong. But um, they are uh, the subject for the pictures we're taking this week is, I think, pet portraits. Oh, and I was like, oh, what have I got that I can do for that? And um, we I have had, a pet. I have a pet, yes. I have Ziggy. And so. He is, sorry, just for our listeners, he is a beautiful cat. I'm not, I don't, I've never owned a cat. Um, It's always been dogs for me, but he is a really beautiful cat. He is. He's a, a very um, handsome chap and thick as two short planks, bless him. He's getting old <laughs> now as well. Um, But I had this, um, I knew I had this picture that I took with uh, my Yashika, um, I think the 124. Anyway, back, what was it, this summer? I think it was this summer, or yeah, this summer. Let's say this summer. Anyway, um, but and this is, and I put this on Twitter earlier. This is going to sound really stupid, but it was a um, colour negative. And uh, up until last week, I really wasn't sure whether you could make prints from colour negatives. I was like, I didn't think you couldn't. I just wasn't sure that you could. Um, sure. Um, well, if you've not done it before, you wouldn't necessarily know. Would yeah, you? yeah, absolutely. It was one of those things you only know when you are told You've or something. Yeah, I, just, <laughs> I didn't like to assume. So anyway, this yeah. was a colour neg, and um, yeah, that was, that was quite good fun. Uh, I am enjoying being in the dark room. Uh, it's just, oh boy, it is such a time black hole. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes, oh yes. Um, but that's good. That's really nice to know that you've been been in there and utilising it because that's what you built it for. That's what it's there for, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, and uh, you know, I'm 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 working on the theory that I have an awful lot of subpar prints to make to get my practice hours in until I can start <laughs> making some good ones. So I'm kind of until you get your license exactly until right? I get my license <laughs> to print. Um, so that's been good fun. I did also develop the role of film that I shot for my uh, assignment. Again, you've, you've developed it. I developed it. Yeah. That's so exciting. Yeah. Well. Yeah. No? I tell you, um, <laughs> Shall we I, talk about it tomorrow? Yeah. <laughs> on let's the, talk, the one thing I will mention is that um, I, in the developing process, 
um, I, I bumped up against something that I haven't had before, which is kind of amazing, given that I've, I think I've probably hit every mistake and mess up that you can possibly make at every time in, in film photography and developing. I bumped up against one I hadn't hit before, um, so this was quite nice. That's good. So, yeah, so it's a real treat to add something new to the list and tick it off. Um, so the film I shot was this Ilford SFX film and I developed and it has um, the base is a different colour on that. It's this kind of almost like creamy colour base on it. Um, mm. That's by the by. Anyway, so I um, developed the roll of film, hung it up to dry and I, mm, looks like this kind of this milky stuff still on the film. In, um, is it is this a weird thing with the SFX? And, um, but no, of course it wasn't. It was just that my fix was clearly spent and um <gasps> no i mean it was fine you know i i realized it a milky oh no yeah i realized what i'd done so it's like okay well back on the reel made up some fresh fix and back in it went but um yeah bizarrely given how good i've been at using a spend developer before this is the first time i've had that problem with fix um so mm. i think in the past because i uh, had kept fix in those um concertina bottles before now yeah. and i've had real yeah. problems with them getting this um grainy build up in them which then makes a real mess of negative so i've probably been chucking it sooner than i had to in the past um but uh, this stuff had kept better in the new bottle and mm. also because i've been using it for fixing quite a lot of prints i think i've just worn it out faster than i realized so, <laughs> um yeah oh, there you go. never mind like i said easily sorted easily fixed if you will um, so. <laughs> Da dum, da dum, indeed. But uh, yeah, we'll we'll <laughs> we'll talk briefly again about the assignment stuff at the end of the show. But I think shall we just crack on with the emails, Rach? Let's. I think we've got a few, haven't we? Shall I take the first one? That would be lovely. Okay. So first one is from Ian Turpin, who says, "Hello, Sunnies. I'm not sure if you heard old camera guy on Mike Gutterman's show a while ago, where he mentioned that he had a few cameras, over a hundred, in fact. How many cameras are you prepared to admit that you have?" <laughs> um, is there a camera in your collection that you don't like using and wish that you did? Is there a camera that's broken that you wish that it wasn't? Or perhaps you have a camera that you can no longer use that you wish that you could. I hear disc cameras are now the hottest thing in film photography <laughs> and will be shortly taking the world by storm. Question mark. <laughs> Excellent. Um, he goes on. Oh, um, yeah, just carry shall, on, mate. Carry shall on. I carry on? Okay, yeah, so Ian carries on uh, to say also, I am really struggling to enjoy 35mm at the moment simply because I can't get good results. I don't have a darkroom to print and I'm not close to anything local. I can't stand the faff of DSLR scanning and I'm getting very poor results from my Epson V550. I've recently ordered a PlusTech 8100 um, 8 in the hope that it will rescue my feelings for the format, but I'm not convinced. I tend to print my work to A4 or A3 and my digital scans are not up to the job compared to the results I can get out of 6x4 and larger. Any thoughts, tips, comments for a reasonably priced solution? Thanks all. Really enjoying the show. Keep up the good work from Ian. Thank you very much, Ian. Oh, lots of questions and, and food for thought there. Yeah. Go on. Should what, we tackle, you, what do you should... think? Well, should we tackle the top bit first? Um, so how many cameras, Rach? How, do you know how many cameras you've got, roughly? <laughs> I honestly don't know. Yeah, I I really don't know. Because the other thing is, when you say how many cameras, are we talking about literally like how many black boxes with a hole in do I have, you know? <laughs> <laughs> or are we talking, you know, cameras that actually work and are functioning and, and that 
because that's a different number. Yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> ballpark it, not including homemade cameras, let's say. Not okay, not including like homemade cameras and various other bits and pieces. I've probably got about, probably got about fifty. Yeah, I reckon I'm. I'm, I'm probably. I, I. It's been a while since I pulled everything out and looked at yeah. it and counted it all up. Um. Yeah, I think around fifty, probably maybe a bit more than that. Um. I. I. In the early days, as I think you know, most of us do, I. I was just getting stuff really, really yeah. rapidly. Um. And without any thought for whether it actually works, if you can operate it, if you can fix it, if mm. or any of those things. And you just kind of go, oh, it, it's an on-camera. It takes film. Ace. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and then you go, ah, crap, this is a load of junk. Yeah. <laughs> but then I don't know about you, but I get to the point where I'm like, yeah, but I can't. What What am I going to do with it if it just goes in the bin? That's such a waste. And, oh, and it's pretty and I don't want to get rid of it. <laughs> yeah. so therefore, it sits in a box and nothing happens to it, which is bad. Yeah, it's um, not ideal. I, I, you know, I, I, we spoke about this, I think, not that long ago. The, the sort of thing you keep holding, thinking, well, maybe it'll be useful in the future. Uh, I have no yeah. idea how, but yeah, maybe. Um, okay, so what the second part of that question was, um, uh, is there any cameras that you don't like using that you wish you did in your collection? Because oh. I know you've got some that you just find physically awkwardly yeah. large. Yeah, that's right. Um, yes. Oh, Gosh, which one was it? It was the Canon TL, I think. When you came up to stay, I think I was like, look at this, it's a beast of a camera. And it's like, it's lovely, but it was it's just too big as a body. I could be thinking of the wrong wrong one, but I know what I mean in my mm. head. <laughs> um, but I just know that I'm not, I'm probably never going to take that out and shoot with it just because it, it's it's so such a tank. Um, I'd I'd rather take one of my Olympus, you know, my Olympus or something, or or the even the Canonet, you know, that you got me or something like that mm. instead, um, because yeah, it's just I found it a bit unwieldy. So, but it's the sort of thing that is a camera that I think is really lovely, and as far as I know, it works. Um, and it's like, well, actually, I don't know. I w- I wouldn't want to. I don't know. I'm really bad. I'm like, oh, I don't want to sell it because, <laughs> because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. <sighs> it's it's difficult, isn't it? Um, but yeah, in terms, I mean, I've probably, yeah, like I said, I've probably got about 50 in my collection um, and I probably use maybe 15 to 20 of those, you know, that I actually use and shoot with, if you like, um, which means that there's another 30 including something like that Canon TL that I just I don't really shoot with or use, but obviously aren't broken and what have you. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. How about you? Um, hmm. uh, so I, I've in my bag at the moment, I've got the um, Meoptoflex Ret um, that I got a while ago, uh, the TLR, mm. and... I'm using it because I've got a roll of film in it again, mm. and um, and I'm not enjoying using it. Mm. It's just I don't the viewfinder, and you know, and it's kind of one of these things that's made worse because I've got cameras that do the same job that I like using more. Um, mm. I I don't the focusing it feels stiff on it, so it's slow to focus, and the viewfinder is just not great on it. Um, 
and so yeah that's an example of one of the ones i've got that i'm just like ah oh, yeah. you know because you have don't you you have what maybe three or four other tlrs yeah that would do that job i suppose absolutely yeah. and to be honest and it's it is with things like i am now starting to think i mean historically i have not gotten rid of things because as you mm. said about you know you think oh no i'll just keep it but i, I am starting to think now about things like the flexorette mm. maybe i should just finish this role and and let it go and sell it and pass it on to somebody else mm. who will get some enjoyment out of using it and i'm thinking i i think i need to have a go through a look through my cameras and, mm-hmm. and have a serious mm-hmm. look because uh there's one thing keeping things for redundancy sake and what have you and pass on but if you look at something and go oh i'm never going to want to shoot this and mm-hmm. it's not really something that i just think is worth you know just something i want to keep just for the sake of keeping it but it's, we should get rid of these things that are cluttering I know, up our I lives know, we should I, I mean the other the other side of things for me is i'm like oh it's always good to have kind of like, and it sounds ridiculous but have like eight cameras that i don't really not that I don't care about them, but that it doesn't matter if they get broken or knocked or dropped or whatever for when I'm running workshops. It's yeah. like I have to have actual physical cameras that I know work, but that it, it's a fine balance between finding ones that I know work to go for sort of intro classes and say, yeah, don't worry about it. It's fine. Just mess around with it. You're not going to break it. It doesn't matter even if you drop it sort of thing. It's not the end of the world sort of thing. Just to get people interested in it and it feeling like it's okay to touch them and use them and try mm. stuff out um so i kind of have to have this sort of extra little stash <laughs> yeah. of, of these kinds of cameras that that i can do that with um, yeah, so well, your situation is different you know you your this is your work as well as your you know your hobby and, that, and that's yeah. a different thing whereas for me it's just this is, this is a pile <laughs> of stuff um and yeah um i mean i'm gonna guess this is my guess the uh, the answer for the question that a camera that you can't use that you you could because it's not working would that be your Hasselblad <laughs> it is my Hasselblad it is my Hasselblad but you know hopefully hopefully at some point soon um you know I will either get that back back fixed or I'll figure something else out or have you so yeah yeah you never know you, you never, never know, know. Uh, th- this statement that disc cameras are now the hottest thing in film photography <laughs> um I think disc cameras are arguably the only camera format worse than APS um, which do might go to one cameras. do you? I do, I have uh, <laughs> it is, I think it's a Hanimex disc camera. You even have one within reaching distance by the sound of things I, I can see it as I turn around it's behind me because it's obviously it's such a beautiful display piece um, <laughs> and I have put batteries in it and it does kind of fire that format oh. <laughs> does the Vision Master count? <laughs> uh, it's close, the, the disc format was terrible um, and you really have to question what was going through Kodak's mind at the time, because you look and go, well, the reason that I can see for making this camera are all very cynical. It's like, well, because it looks like a Walkman, kind of, and because it uses obviously far less film, because the negatives are about the size of my small fingernail. They're tiny, so obviously garbage. <laughs> because, um <laughs> So yeah, these would be the perfect size for blowing up to A4 or A3, right? Oh, which is absolutely. what Ian's talking about. <laughs> yeah. So um, let's move on then. So um, you've got a, a V500, haven't you? I think, right? Same as me. You do. Yeah. Um, no, V550, same oh, as Ian. Oh, well, all right, fancy pants. Well, you, you <laughs> <Hardly>. should. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, I suppose one of the things with this is that it comes down to expectation of what you're getting. So A3 is bigger than A4, isn't it? Right. Yes. Yeah. It's twice, twice the size of A4. So that is quite a big print from from That's a right. thirty-five mil neg. 
I have to say, though, I totally get what Ian's saying with that. It's so lovely, like, when you actually blow them up and get them to that A3 size. Mm. So when I um, go and do, like, my wedding fairs and things, I have my negatives that I've shot on 35mm and 120 and I get I scan those in and then I either print them in the dark room um up to really sort of like a4 it would be or well, 10, 10 by 8 I suppose um would be the size that I sort of like print up to mm. in the dark room um and um if I want something that's like a3 size that I know that I can easily simply get a, a mount and frame for so I can sort of display it um then I would send that off to um a, a lab and get them to to print it for me at a3 and it was just honestly it was one of the loveliest things getting those back and sort of actually holding them physically and then getting them and then i mounted them up onto mount board and stuff and they look really nice actually i was really pleased with them so it's a lovely size print that feels like it's got some uh, kind of like drama to it i suppose yeah. at that size which is nice okay well let's so are these prints that you've made from 35 mil negs? Yes, yes. So, um, so obviously there's well, a, both. Yeah. yeah. So you know, we've got you've done this using the same printer as Ian, but got mm. results that you're quite happy to blow up to A3 size and print, and have been happy with them. Yeah. Whereas Ian yeah. is very disappointed with them. Um, what potential? It's subjective. Reason? I don't know. It's difficult to tell, isn't it? Because it's a subjective thing. I don't know whether he's he's finding it more difficult than he's found in the past, or he's, you know, or whether this is something that he's just kind of like come to scanning thirty five mil. I'm not sure what the difference is between if he's used it already for a long time and now that he's not not enjoying using it, you know, as opposed to it being something that you've got no point of reference to. Yeah. I don't know. It's difficult, isn't it? Because obviously my workflow and, and how I shoot and, and what have you is going to be very different, I'm sure, to Ian. Um, and maybe subject matter is very different as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, I suppose the thing is that um, it, it's figuring out whether the problem is a technical problem with mm. the way that the scanner is working or the way that his process is going or whether it is just he doesn't... With the, the look at that size it's just too you know it's, it's not working um mm. my suggestion would probably be um maybe send your send a roll of film away to a lab that will do scans for you um because mm, that's what aid legs. does yeah yeah you yeah. know like aid uses ag labs um and then you can get them back and see if when you get them done at a professional lab you like the results from that because you can choose then to get them done to kind of to the highest standard. Mm. And if you look at them at the highest standard and still don't like that look when they're blown up, then 35mm just is not right for you at that size because yeah. it may just be that the grain and all of that stuff you just don't like the look of. Yeah, uh, that's what I mean. It's subjective, isn't it? Because y you just can't tell, you know, I, I like you know seeing that grain and and see you know i th i'm ha i'm quite happy with that because it also means that you can see that it is film you know and that's part of it for me as well um but yeah maybe maybe that's just again personal preference for ian that he, yeah. he would prefer that it doesn't have that grain structure or what have you um but you know it also depends on what iso he shot it at you know maybe he's shooting it on a very fast film or something and 
Yeah, I definitely yeah. think that looking at maybe looking at what film you're shooting is a really important part of that. Um, mm-hmm. Because if you're shooting, let's say, HP5 or um, yeah. uh, Tri-X at 400 or, or higher, mm-hmm. then, yeah, I can see why that might not look great at A3 size or, or it's going to look quite coarse um, yes. but go for something you know try Delta 100 or um, T-Max FP4. 100 or, yeah. or, or FP4 uh, you know something which is going to give yeah. you a f- much finer grain and smoother tonality you, you may find that gives you the look that you want um, so yeah it, it's worth worth exploring those things um, and you know yeah I like your point out. Yeah, I like your point about sending it off to, um, you know, sending your negatives. Take take a bunch of negatives that you you scan yourself and then print from and also send those same negatives off to get them scanned by somebody else and see what the difference is. And at least that will give you a, uh, an idea of which way you want to go with it, I guess. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That seems like most sensible. Yeah, Peace. yeah, um, and yeah, uh, but I think you're absolutely right, Rachel. In the fact that you know, you, it may just be that the subject matter that Ian is shooting uh, is just doesn't lend itself, or he, you know, the, the, is not giving them the look that he likes, um, mm. and it does make a huge difference. You mm. know, a six four five neg is um, it's more than twice the size, isn't it, of a thirty five mil? So you've got way more, much higher resolution. You're enlarging mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. sort of proportionally far less, so it's going to look much mm. more detail and so if that's you know that's the thing that's important then um yeah, yeah. No, at the end of the day if you're happy shooting in 645 and you're getting results you'd like from that stick with that that works too yeah <laughs> it's all good there's no right or wrong answer it's only what's right or wrong for you yeah absolutely well thank you very yeah. much for that email Ian. it's yes. great stuff thanks Ian Okay, I've got a quick one here from Mike Kukovica. Uh, Mike writes in to say, Hello, I just finished listening to episode 174 and will send in a print. Ooh. I'm not concerned with winning the paper. Rather, I hope you get <laughs> blown up by all the people who are printing <laughs> in the darkroom. That's, I'm okay. not sure if that's a threat. <laughs> um, Is that a, in a good way or a bad way? I'm sure I don't know. <laughs> it's going to take me a couple of days to get an envelope that will survive the trip from Atlanta in the USA to the UK. But hopefully it'll make the one month deadline. Uh, I've only been at this for a short time, but it's really taken over my weekends. Uh, <laughs> sincerely from Mike. Thank you so much, Mike. Um, this has been great. Uh, we have had entries coming in already. I think we've had like half a dozen, maybe not quite Ooh, half wow. a dozen, but oh, there's been a few, nice. and they're great. Uh, it's so, it's so nice because I come and go. Oh, so and um, yeah, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna save talking about what's coming. Um, until we do the competition at the end, the sort of thing at the end. But um, thank you so much to everybody who has already sent in a print for the um, competition to win a, a box of um, the Ilford Multigrade Deluxe. That's the right name for it, isn't it, Rach? Mm, MG yeah. Generation Five Deluxe. Yeah. yeah, it doesn't say Generation Five on it, does it? It's just Deluxe. I think now. it's just. Oh, is it? Yeah. Maybe I'll make it. MGRC oh, Deluxe. Yeah, I'm you sure are. It says that somewhere. Oh, Does I it don't. say it on the packet with the information that I, I attached to it? Maybe. Who knows? Who dares to dream anyway? Um, <laughs> I, I can't tell now. I sent it to you, so I yeah, don't know. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so we were giving that away to um, one of the wonderful people. And, and we've said this a couple of times, but just go over it again. To, to being with a chance of winning this, because we just want to make sure it goes to somebody who's going to use it. Yeah. So just send us in a print. It doesn't have to be a fabulous print. It doesn't have to be a big print. You know, you can do it on postcard paper or just stick a print in an envelope. Um, I have loved everything that's come in so far. We are not going to be judging these on quality. Uh, this anybody who sends in a print would their name will just go in the hat, but um, 
I, like I said, everything that's been sent in so far has just been fantastic, and um, I can't wait. To, we got some stuff in. Oh man, yeah, it's we've exciting. had some. It's great, and it's it's a real treat for me getting to open these things up and see them. So oh, yes, postman will think it's your birthday. Uh, exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, so I will make sure that the address is in the. Um, uh, show notes again for this week's show and uh, we did say um, we're going to give it a month so uh, the deadline is the end of November so still plenty of time yet to get stuff in for that um, and yeah really looking forward to <laughs> getting that off to somebody and I hope they have as much fun with it as I have I've been I've been um, printing using a bit of that um, but more so using because I've got quite a lot of multi-grade 4 um, to get through because I, I bought a box of that 8x10 not that long ago and also a box of 5x7 so it's all you know it's all good um and then it's good for me to practice on so um yeah uh, that's fantastic okay do you want to take this next one rach from mike crawford hello another mike yes another mike uh, mike says hi graham um i was interested to hear the email on the last backing paper about ideas for donating old equipment do you know about the circane or sakanhi darkroom in turkey it's on the border with syria and is set it was set up to teach refugee Syrian children and other nationalities the joys of the darkroom and analogue photography. Actually, thinking about it, I don't know if they are seeking equipment or rather money to help them buy some. Either way, it's a very inspiring project. It sounds awesome. Thank you for bringing that to our attention, Mike. And apologies if I've mispronounced that. I'm, unfortunately, I'm not sure how to pronounce it. Um, I can see that you've added a couple of sh uh, links in the show notes, Graham. And uh, it seems that Cosmo Photo have written an article about it as well. And you've also got the um, charity page for it, I think. So, yeah, absolutely. Yes. Yeah. So um, they are. This is everyone should go have a look at this because this is. Mm. Um, so Bess Sully is the guy who's doing this, and um, yeah, as Rachel has just said, he's you know he set up a dark room to teach these you know refugee children um, and, and give them something else <laughs> to to think about and put themselves into rather than the situation that they found themselves in, um, and they have got a um, page up looking for support uh, on Mighty Call com. I'll put the links in the thing, and also Cosmo had um, a, a story on their stuff. So do go and check it out because it's it's a great thing that he's doing out there. And um, if you're in a position to support it, uh, I don't know whether, as uh, Mike said, I don't know whether after actual gear being sent out. But I mean, I suspect that if you had stuff, it, you know, it might be worth trying to get in touch with them um, because they want the support to buy the things to do. Um, to do the stuff it's great actually they've got mm. um so they've got a breakdown of what they're looking for so you know they're looking to raise money towards uh photography developing material for cheap cameras for um printing equipment um and you uh, and then there's a couple of other things like utilities and um things for printing large-scale photos which you know that's just you, know, you just need money for that but actually in terms of the materials and photography equipment they may well appreciate if people have got stuff that could just be sent out there um that's suitable mm. so um, the only thing that I've noticed is um, just reading Cosmo Photos um, interview towards the bottom. He says um, he's now trying to buy more material so he can teach more children. What I want mostly, um, sorry, um, need mostly is films, photo papers, chemistry. People outside of Turkey used to send materials, but the import taxes were so expensive. That's why I opened up the campaign so that people can show support by sending the money instead, because then it, at least it doesn't get swallowed up by the import taxes. Sure. Um, 
so I think that might be part part of the problem. But it says um, on a on a you know positive note, the dark room held its first exhibition earlier in the summer. So that's exciting, and thinking of expanding the project across Turkey. Um, I love this line. It says, "Now I'm thinking about making a flying dark room, a dark room inside a container. How cool is that? I'm planning to visit all the villages and cities in Turkey and outside to reach all the children in need." Yeah, that's awesome. It sounds like um, a wonderful thing yeah. that they're doing out there, and um, yeah. Um, please do just check out the links and if you can support them uh, do because I think it's a really cool thing that's being done out there um, he's yeah. very young himself by the looks of things he's only 26 yeah. so uh, that's awesome that he's uh, taken this love of analogue that we all have and is helping it to uh, you know be used by other people yeah absolutely absolutely okay and we've got another Thanks, email Mike. <laughs> yeah, thank you, Mike. Um, oh, no, oh, instantly, hopefully, because um, Mike uh, Mike's done some interesting stuff. Mike's worked. With, oh, uh, we're hopefully going to have Mike joining us very soon. We would have had him sooner, That's but um, lovely. Yes, because uh, Mike Mike was um, one of the people largely responsible for putting together some of the work that I got to talk to Kai Lewis about recently. And um, ah. so, um, yeah, so um, yeah, looking to, forward to talking to Mike about that. And he's he's done quite a lot of interesting stuff over the years. So hopefully, in a couple of weeks, Mike will be joining us if I can get my acting gear <laughs> organised. Uh, but thank you very much for that email, Mike. Um, a uh, quick email here now from Simon Forster, who is, as everybody knows, I'm sure, the host of the Classic Lenses and Large Format Photography podcast. Uh, he writes in to say, this is an aid memoir regarding our chat earlier, because <laughs> even though I talked to Simon on the phone, I do say to him, look, if you want me to remember something for backing paper, you're going to have <laughs> to email it, because I will not. Um in your conversation with John in your shed, John stated a temperature of 19 degrees, he said, I think, saying that cold water rinsing is very inefficient, hence why rinsing paper takes so long. So what's the deal here? Is there an optimal temperature? How much less time does it take to rinse fixer off the photo paper when using warm water? Tar. Um, mm. So... Uh, this was a comment that John, because we were talking about the temperature of the water um, okay. in the shed at the time, because it's not very warm here, um, mm. and just on that, it should be fine. Um, and I think he said that he has, he read somewhere at some point that using very cold water can affect how effective it is at clearing the fixer off the paper. Okay. Um, I think I've only ever really uh, approached it as use uh, water that's similar temperature to the chemistry that you've developed in. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, and that's the advice that's given by, certainly yeah. by Elford and I think Kodak, much the same, is that mm. you ideally you want to be using water that is plus or minus five degrees from the water that you've been developing and fixing in. Yeah. Because the change um, is more likely to cause problems than if you mm. use cold and use a bit colder. Uh, it's, it, it can cause a problem with film in particular if you're watching film called reticulation, where it, I think it Ooh. physically affects the um, stuff on it and cause it to sort of shrivel up a bit. I think. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I'm I'm just thinking, you know, if it was really warm water, I imagine it would, you know, make it crinkle a bit, or yeah. you know, it's it's going to actually affect the um this is it substrate or what have you the, yeah. the actual plastic of course is is going to start to warp isn't it and things so yeah, yeah. so so yes the, the keeping things at a close temperature is more important i don't i think unless you are in a spectacularly cold situation where the water is <laughs> one step up from freezing um the worst that's going to happen i think is that it's going to perhaps take longer to wash fixer mm. off um obviously that's 
more of a problem if you're using fiber-based paper because fiber-based papers take so much longer to wash anyway than mm. um, resin-coated papers. Resin-coated papers wash pretty quickly. Um, but no, from from the reading that I've done, unless your water is substantially below 15 degrees, I don't think you're going to have any real problems and probably not see much of a difference in the length of time it takes to wash them. Um, and I don't think you're going to be better off using warm water. So don't think, oh, we'll use warm water, it'll make it quicker. Because as Rachel said, the risk is that by um, changing the temperature quickly from one to the other, it could cause problems um, and warping and stuff like that. Mm. So, mm. But yeah, you should be fine. Yeah. Thank you very much for the question, Simon. Thank you, Simon. Um, should I take this next one from uh, from David? Yep. David Romanis written in to say, Hi, Sunbeams. I have a question about ISO uh, 3200 film. As I continue to wade through the acres of ISO <laughs> 1.6 film. <laughs> it's an <laughs> extreme future, reaction. <laughs> yeah, really is, isn't it? Um, I've looked online for the answer to this, but I'm not entirely sure how to go about getting the best results from ISO 3200. I read or heard somewhere that it's actually ISO 400 film pushed three stops. So how should it be shot to get the best photos? My results are understandably grainy. I like grain, but really wishy-washy. In other words, they lack contrast. Perhaps it's the subjects I'm shooting. Is there an ideal situation in which to shoot the film? Uh, for example, nighttime lights. Uh, thanks from David. And uh, David is at S-I-N-A-M-O-R photo. Yeah. I presume that's on Instagram or is that maybe Twitter? Uh, that's on Instagram, yeah. yeah. Great. Thank you very much, David. What what would you say to David then, do you think, Graham? Um, so I've I've obviously I've shot some thirty two hundred film over the years. Mm. Um not a ton of it. It's not something I use a, a lot, although I've got some thirty two hundred film in this flexoret at the moment, as oh. mentioned. Um yeah. I'm not sure uh, whether I, I don't think it's as simple as, oh, it's four hundred speed film pushed three stops because i um i think a lot of people do say that especially with delta 3200 that mm. it performs better when rated at um 1600 um different formula i think isn't it from from speaking to ilford i, I mean i could be making that up but um i'm sure that they were talking about it being some obviously that there is a difference in terms of how it's actually scientifically constructed i suppose oh, yeah <laughs> I, i'm sure it is because um you know so, so uh, the thing that i've read more than once is that i said delta 3200 and, and maybe even tmax 3200 but although i think less so with that but a lot of people do say that with delta 3200 you're better pulling it back to 1600 that that mm. is more like it's true iso um which then puts it in a similar bracket in terms of speed wise to what people quite happily push um hp5 to um mm. because people have uh, now i've not shot the two side by side at 1600 um but i'm sure that there are people out there that have uh but you will i would i would imagine you would definitely get a different look from the two films because the mm. the delta is a, a t grain film and the um hp5 is not it's a classic grain structure so they are going to have a different look um mm as far as wishy-washy results um i've obviously it's, it's difficult to know what situation um that you you've been shooting in um if you have been out using them in low light situations uh which would be understandable because you're using fast film one of the things that you do have to be careful for is that your camera light meter isn't 
trying to compensate for the dark by making everything 18% grey. You know, if you wanted to be contrasty, something you might need to um, underexpose uh, to make sure that the darks are dark. Otherwise, the cameras like me to make go no, make everything bright. You know, those those bits that you see as mm. black, oh, oh, we want to make those grey. So that could be the problem. Um, mm. What mm. about you, Rich? Have you, have you done much with 3200? No, I haven't. Um, I really, the highest I've used really is 1600 to be honest mm. and that was that was pushing hp5 um i i really liked it actually when mm. i when i got the when i got them back um because um well, i'm just trying to think of an example there, there was a shoot that i did which was at a vintage circus as you do and uh i was shooting throughout the day and the evening into the night so i i shot at 400 Eight, then 800 and 1600 and the 1600 were my favorite out of all of them they had more contrast um and uh yeah just seemed to seem to come out uh, really nicely actually but i i very rarely shoot i'm just not out that late at night <laughs> to be shooting 3200 <laughs> uh, i think that's why uh but yeah it's um yeah it's not it's not really a speed of film that i've used um so I, but i knew that you have shot with that um and has aid done much but oh, he doesn't really tend to shoot with black and white does he no so no he doesn't maybe not so much but i knew that you you'd had a chance so um so those are really good points so yeah maybe um yeah, yeah think about those i mean i i certainly found i'm, I'm trying to think of sort of uh, the roles i've used i i put a role through my mew two uh, uh, some time ago now um and was just using it for general shooting and uh, you know it, it does work best when the light is fairly punchy one way mm. or the other um uh, but I think the other thing that's important with uh, high-speed film is use it fresh um, because it does mm. not... Expired high-speed film is more of a problem than expired any other film. Um, the faster mm. it is, the faster it loses that speed and can go a bit sideways. I think I did... Um, one of our cheap shots challenges I shot on, uh, I think something like a ten-year-old or older roll of um, T Max thirty-two hundred, and uh, <laughs> it was a, uh, a bit of a, a grainy mess. Um, so. <laughs> that sounds like an old roll of uh, Fuji uh, sixteen hundred that I found and was like, oh, I'll give this a go. Nah. <laughs> yeah i could hardly see anything from it at the end um yeah but i mean that's the other thing in terms of subject matter obviously i'm not ever i don't really that wouldn't be the speed of film i'd go to for weddings for example should we say no. you know um for portraits because you know that you get you're wanting to be able to blow them up and you want them to be nice and creamy and you know and not yeah. full of grain yeah it's a bit <laughs> so, too um, much yeah yeah um yeah it depends on the subject matter too yeah and i mean the, the other thing is have a look i mean and you know the um massive dev chart and what's the um the films about filmdev.org i can't I have to look on my blown links now on here because i've always got it on here but um the um you know yeah film dev look at how people are developing it because um you may find it might be that the developer that you're using it just is not getting the best out of it as you know mm. but both of the 3200 films are t grain films you may find they're just not performing quite as well in your dev as, as they would do you know some films benefit from slightly different um different or, pairings i suppose yeah exactly yeah. so you know ha have a look on filmdev.org and and see what other people have shot them with and see the results they've got and you know maybe try a different combination but i suspect you may find quite a lot of people on there shooting it at 1600 as well so um 
hopefully yeah. that's um, thank you very much yeah, yeah hopefully that that helps a little bit and um yeah thanks ever so much again david for your for your email um yeah. do you want to take this lovely last email yeah okay uh, with apologies to <laughs> to <laughs> Uh, all everybody. people to everybody. <laughs> uh, this email starts out. I, I never know where what accents mean. So, Hej uh, Sostrawa, which uh, apparently is uh, Swedish for "Hello, the sunbeams," which I like Ooh. a lot. Um, oh, so did I say this is from um, Philip Lenrik, by the way. I didn't say at the beginning. So sorry, Philip. Um, my friend Ingvar and I are starting a photo club in the small village of Kavlinge, Kavlinge, Kavlinge. <laughs> In southern Sweden, why did I get this one? In southern, because <laughs> I called not it. Carvling, <laughs> Carvling. Let's go Carvling. In southern Sweden, and we want to spread the word. Ingvar is a pure digital shooter. That's all right. But I'm sure we love him anyway. But I would really enjoy meeting some fellow film enthusiasts. <laughs> if any of your Danish, North German, Swedish, or Bremen, Bremen, is is. Is Bremen a place or is Bremen just like, look, we'll take English people but only Remainers? Want to join? Send them our way. Um, so that sounds really cool. So if you are anywhere near, I can't, I, if you're anywhere near a small village in the south, southern Sweden, one, well, lucky you, because I'd, I'd love to be somewhere oh, near a small I'd village. I'd love to go to Sweden. I'd love to. Have you ever been? No, I haven't. I haven't. Yeah, Denmark. Oh, lovely. I'd love to go. Yeah. yeah. Well, anyway, we'll try and get over to your photo club. Add it to our list of places you want to go. Um, so you can find uh, these gentlemen at, and I'm going to. Sp- spell it and i'll put it, it well actually i'll tell you what it is and then i'll put the links in the show notes it's it's carveling photo club um it's k-a-v-l-i-n-g-e-f-o-t-o-k-l-u-b-b on instagram and on facebook um so i said we will put the links in the show notes because i'm pretty sure nobody followed any of what i just said but um that's really <laughs> cool and um you can't feel you've got to get in, in yeah. shooting some film what's going on here oh. Absolutely. And um, always remember, you've got um, access to photowalk.me. So you can always set up your own photo walk um, on there. And so you obviously would put in your location so that other people know that you're there. And there's also the film photographer's map, I believe, as well. Um, You could have a little look and see if there's other people around on there that you might want to be able to connect with. Um, So there's, there's a couple of places to go to either set up your own or look for ones that already exist around there. So, uh, yeah. Excellent. Yeah, that's a great idea. Hooking up with fellow film photographers or fellow photographers in general is always a good yes. time. It's um, uh, the, the amount of photography that gets done isn't always terribly high, but it's always just a really fun time. To... <laughs> We've been quite excitedly sort of planning our Christmas get together, haven't we? And something we're we have, yeah. Um, so yeah, coming up in December, some um, some Christmas do's. Um, um, but you know, I mean the. The thing is, it's always a bit sad if I'm pulling a lonely cracker on my own. <laughs> Seeing as I, I run my own business, and you run your own business, and Avon's own business, you know, all three of us could just sit there, you know, <laughs> on our own, which would be quite, you know, a little bit sad. So we thought, rather than that, let's have a Sunbeams, a Sunbeams Christmas get together. So we'll uh, we'll meet up for our Christmas do, <laughs> yeah. works office do. Mince pies and mulled wine. It'd be very exciting. Whilst we're on the subject, oh, you know what, Rach? I have just mm. gone to photowalk.me and do you know what? Let's give this a proper shout out right now because I suspect that these things may be linked unless there's two photo groups in Carveling. He's already ahead of you. So on Thursday, Ooh. the 14th Great. of November, um, oh. 
they they yeah they've got one going so there's a photo walk going on at carving uh there's so go to photowalk.me and you'll find that there um the other thing which is why i went to photowalk.me in the first place is because um this isn't oh my goodness these guys are hopeless so i know that aid and um, sandeep who's at give me a biscuit they are organizing a photo walk slash get together in december in london and i know that the original date was december the 12th uh and that day has been ruined <laughs> because um britain has had a general election called on it because we love them so much and we haven't had enough politics or voting lately um so that's now happening on the uh 12th i'm going to very quickly look and see if i can find what date it has been rescheduled to so bear with me one second um uh, we'll just hang on here. You yeah, just, just hang on, everybody. Do, just do, 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 <laughs> talk do, amongst do. yourselves. <laughs> That's a little bit of hold music for you. Thank you very much. Um, so no let, worries at all. Let me. Uh, I was it. listening to some old old podcasts that we did the other day, and on one of them, you leave the room for I think ten minutes to go and find something, yeah. and. I just keep on talking um, under the assumption that you were you were going to be editing it out. This was clearly early days <laughs> where I did not realise that you weren't going to edit it out. So it's just me singing and talking to people. <laughs> oh, Rachel, I think this was actually only a few weeks ago and you just never learn your lesson. Um, so <laughs> I, I've got, uh, here we go. I've got Sandeep's Twitter feed up. Uh, okay, here we go. It has now been changed to Tuesday the 10th of December. Um so uh, join Aid and Martin Smith, who's the creator of PhotoWalk.me, <laughs> um, for uh, photography and festive drinks evening in London. Uh, so that should be very nice if you're there. Go there. Uh, so this will appear on PhotoWalk.me once I get my lazy butt into gear and pick a place to meet. Clearly, these things have not been done yet. So uh, shame on all involved. You could take your 3200 along to that, couldn't you? Yeah. It's an evening Christmas photo walk. That would be great. Yeah, it certainly would. Um, so there you go. I think that does it, Rach. <sighs> oh, my goodness. Is that yeah. it? Are we done? Are we I out of here? So I think so. I'm just trying to think if there's any important things we need to... Uh, Emulsive Secret Santa, uh, the mm -hmm. deadline for that has now passed. So hopefully, I think um, there was over a 1,000 people uh, got oh, involved, awesome. which is very exciting. So I know that um, M and Iceland are now busy beavering away behind the scenes getting the list ready for the matching so that's very exciting yeah. um, and then we just need to work out what we're going to be all getting for each other yes. exactly uh holger week you still have a few mm -hmm. days i think it's until the 8th of november and i know that the submission form is now uh live and online <laughs> i think there were there were some problems with the submission form but it is now up at holgerweek.com i think mm -hmm. um so go and there and submit yeah, and in terms of our assignment, our day to night um, assignment, we're going to be wrapping that up, aren't we? Um, uh, are we going to be talking about that this week's on this week's show? Is we are sort of going to be talking about how that has gone <laughs> on this week's show. <laughs> gone or not gone? Gone or not gone, boy. Um, still, uh, it's still not a competition. Day. It's, it's not a competition, it's, which is lucky because we're a pair of losers on this occasion. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we will be talking about that on this week's show, uh, and you know, and and a few up up and coming bits. I think because um, as I mentioned in last week's podcast, uh, I think it's, I think we need another cheap shot challenge in time for Christmas, don't we, Rach? <laughs> so yes. I was just meaning if anybody's got any um, anything that they'd like us to uh, talk about or look at, um, you know, get that sent over from the assignment, and uh, that would be that would be really lovely to see and hear yes. about 
that would be fantastic. And especially if anybody out there listening um, has done something for it, um, even if they've it's been a failure, <laughs> because um, you know, um, you'll be in good company. You'll be in good company, and we still want to hear about it. And I really enjoy getting your audio reports. So I don't know if we've had any audio reports yet for this one. So if anybody wants to do one for us, please do and send it in to sunny sixteen podcast at gmail dot com, which is where all of your mail can go to. Um, we always love hearing from you guys. Thank you so much for everybody who emailed us in this week some great emails and uh it's always a delight to hear from you absolutely and and i can't believe you've nearly forgot graham what did i need we forget? have we have to do coffee oh cotton now oh yes thank goodness <laughs> you're here no, for, no. listeners will be very disappointed to hear that we've only got one coffee thing to do this week um <laughs> but what a lovely person it is we're saying thank you to so um absolutely. so we want to say a big thank you this week to juliet schwab uh now yeah juliet yes uh, our researchers, you know, because they've been very focused, um, they've really been able to get some up-to-the-minute news on Juliet here. So we actually know what Juliet was doing around Halloween. You know, so for Halloween, Juliet dressed her daughter up as the most horrifying thing a film shooter can think of. Uh, she dressed the daughter up as a, a camera um, with its film door open, showing that there's a half-shot roll of ectochrome in it. <laughs> ah! Um, oh, it's oh, truly terrifying. So uh, to, to add to the general horror ambience of her house, she put swags of negatives hung up everywhere, covered in fingerprints. It was honestly, oh. it's a terrifying scene. Film, film photographers ran in screaming fits from that place. So, um, coming out in a cold sweat just thinking about that. <laughs> uh, thank Julia, you, Julia. How so could much. you? Yeah, yeah. Well, exactly. Um, it's it's a. Worst crimes ever. Thank you so much for your coffee donation. It is much appreciated. So, uh, yeah, we really, really do. Um, Yeah, we're very grateful for those. Thank you. Uh, And I think that does do us for this week, Rach, unless Mm -hmm. there's any important information you get, but I don't think I think that's all my news for now. And uh, yeah, look forward to chatting with you guys about the assignment when we record tomorrow for the show that will come out on Thursday. Yes, absolutely. So uh, we will play you out, as always, with the wonderful music from the band Schnauzer, remortgaging the nest of hairs. You can find them and Rachel on Bandcamp with her wonderful (laughs) stuff as well. Um, uh, And until then, Rach. Yeah, have a lovely week. Have a lovely week, everyone.